the Sermons Podcast for Ottawa Baptist Church. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. I want to tell you a story. Around about 20 years ago, our son and his family were living in China. My wife went up a couple of times, my wife and I went up a couple of times to to see them, once in the middle of summer, once in the middle of winter. Middle of winter was minus 12 degrees. On the second visit, I was asked a month or so before I went whether I would speak at the international church in the city of Tianjin, where they lived. Just a small city, about three hours out of Beijing. Only about 11 million people there. The international congregation was a big congregation, maybe size of this, a little bit more. So I prepared a message, had it all in my mind and my heart, that was the right message. But after we'd been up there a day or two and I met some of my son's colleagues, some of their friends, I just became a little uneasy in my spirit. Is this actually the right message or not? And that got stronger and stronger. So I talked with my wife, I talked with my son and daughter-in-law about it. And then it got so strong that I knew that I had to have another message ready. So I prepared one. When the Sunday morning came, the dilemma hadn't gone away. I had two messages in my folder, both ready to go. And I didn't know which was right for that congregation. <coughs> so I, I met with the elders before the service in, in a prayer meeting, told them my dilemma, asked them to pray about it. But after prayer, no, I still wasn't sure. It didn't help that the, um, the secret police, or not so secret police of China, the religious division, was paying their annual visit that day as well. Or just an interesting thing about an international church in China, you have to take your passport to get in. Show your passport at the door, because no Chinese citizens were allowed to the international church. I was sitting in the service. The service was going on, I was about to be introduced, and I didn't know which message was the one to bring. I turned to my wife just as I'd been introduced and said, what am I going to do? She said, take a vote. It's not the thing you normally do in a service, is it? <laughs> and I sort of looked at her in disbelief, but then I was introduced, I had to go. So I arrived up at the pulpit with the two messages in my folder. And I took a vote. I said, I've got this dilemma. I have a message about David, a story out of his life. And I have a message out of one of Paul's letters. Who wants David? Who wants Paul? And Paul won. And that message became part of my spirit. And it's been working away in different ways for 20 years since then. In the middle of last year, I 
began thinking, when I preach again in a church, if I do, that's the message. I'm not going to take this, a vote this morning. I'm just going to give it to you. Hear the words of the passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, through to chapter 3, verse 3. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession, and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who have been saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death, to the other aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. Are we beginning to commend ourselves? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or for, from you? You, are, you yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts. Paul had a roller coaster relationship with the church in Corinth. Corinth at that time was the Roman capital of what we now know as Greece. It was rather like Auckland. It had ports on both sides, a harbour leading east and one leading west. It was a busy, bustling city, popular city. It was a city that uh, had many festivals going on and part of this fitted in with what Paul was doing. On a second missionary journey, Paul spent 18 months there. He paid his own way by working as a tent maker. And there was a high demand for tents and awnings, all made out of goatskins. One of the festivals was a huge athletics games, rather like the Olympics, held every two years. Well, he left Corinth. And a little later, when he was over in Ephesus, which is on the coast of Turkey, he wrote his first letter to Corinth. He heard some of the problems that they had. They were divided into factions, and each faction was trying to get control of the church. And that's not good. He heard of immorality, a man living with his father's wife, and the church was doing nothing about it, and that wasn't good. And there was litigation as some members took other members to the secular court. And that wasn't good either. Later on, he hears of more problems, and it causes him to write what is often called a painful letter. Bits of it are probably in 2 Corinthians. He challenged Corinth, put things right before the Lord. Now he got reaction. 
His credentials were questioned. Some people were saying, who gave this man the right to tell us what to do? So he spent some time defending his actions. At the end of chapter 2, he speaks of a triumphal procession. The Romans knew all about triumphal processions. When a general came back from the conquest of another land, came back with all the trophies, all the, all the things plundered, many of the, the losing army in chains in the procession and slaves at the back of the procession. And amongst the procession were men carrying uh, censer, censers burning incense. And so the smell was spreading through the crowd. And those who were in chains as beaten soldiers knew that the aroma would probably precede their death by execution. Paul says he was part, is part of a great procession, a triumphal procession of Christ. And he's spreading the fragrance of the good news wherever he goes. And to some it's the fragrance of life, but others can't stand it or don't want it. And to them it's the fragrance of death, something that offends them. Did you see on the news this week, they've had all the focus on the uh, Tamatatini, the haka competition. And one of the Kapa Haka groups performed a haka and the words of that haka were urging Māori to reject Christianity and return to traditional Māori spirituality. The aroma of death. And he's, a, he's aware of the accusations of the people in Corinth. One accusation was, you're boasting. He says, am I boasting again? He said, do you need from me a letter of recommendation? And then he turns in a very practical way to reflect on that. Back then, letters of commendation were common. If someone went from one city to another, perhaps to, be, uh, to go in as the new manager of the branch, how were they to know that he was genuine? Well, he brought a letter of commendation written on a papyrus scroll, rolled up, sealed with wax, and the seal was unbroken, and the signet ring of the writer was pressed into the wax. They opened it and saw the signature and saw the letter, the letter of commendation. Yes, that's okay. Some of those letters still circulate today. When I met my wife, she was member of a brethren church, open brethren, and their practice was to take a letter of commendation from your home assembly. So if you went to another assembly they could see that you were okay to take communion, the breaking of bread. Well, I didn't have that sort of letter of commendation when I was going to go and worship with her. So one of the elders rang the night before and he gave me a theological quiz over the phone. And I was at theological college. It was a bit of a, an irony. But apparently I passed. And so the next morning 
I went to worship with my wife. But Paul, what are his credentials? Where is his letter? His answer is, you are our letter. You are written on our hearts. You are written on our hearts. And that explains how much these people meant to Paul. Not just in his mind, but right into his heart. The heart back in that culture and the thinking then was the centre of the mind and the spirit and the will. Yes, emotions too, but it was, it was really the action hub. Taking things in the deep, into the deepest part of someone's life and then acting, doing something about it. The place of emotions as we experience them today was placed in that culture, not in the heart, but in the abdomen, a gut feeling, the belly or the bowel, which is where we get the quaint phrase from the Bible in the King James Version, the bowels of compassion. You must have read it and wondered about it sometimes. But today the bowels as the centre of emotion doesn't quite cut it, does it? Send a valentine with a picture of a large intestine and <laughs> instead of a heart or tell the one you love that you love her from the bottom of your stomach doesn't quite do it. But the Corinthians were a letter written on Paul's heart. And we see in his writings, his other writings, what he meant. He carried all those churches that he met in his heart, carried all the individuals, the leaders, and he names many of them in his letters. And he could react to all the problems they were facing and commend them for all the good things. They were right there in his heart. Which is why we have the incredible legacy of Paul's letters in the Bible today. Imagine an x-ray that could see who is written in our hearts. Many people are written on our outward behaviour. We give them a handshake, a wave, a phone call, a Christmas card. But how many are written on our hearts? When I first started university in Wellington, I remember hearing a message. I was only about 18 or 19. And the message was on Psalm 142, verse 4. And it said, No man cared for my soul. I wonder who we might meet this week who's not cared for and we would, be, would love to be recorded on our heart, let into our heart. So he talks about the Corinthians being a letter written on his heart. But then he goes on and he says, you show that you are a letter from Christ. It's the result of our ministry and it's written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. We are a letter from Jesus to the people we meet. We live as living representatives of Jesus Christ. And that's a bit scary, isn't it? 
Someone says it's a great truth which is both an inspiration and a warning. Every Christian is an open letter for Jesus Christ. Another quote, every Christian, whether they like it or not, is an advertisement for Christ and for Christianity. The honour of Christ is in the hands of his followers. So what are we writing on the lives of other people? Paul said, you are a letter from Christ through our ministry. We've got this letter from Christ on our hearts. How are we conveying it? Sometimes we've got to say, well, it was just a bit of a scribble, really. We were busy. We were rushing. We were tired. We were had other things on our minds. We had somewhere to go. And so just a brief scribble. Not really a full-scale letter from Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's not really a letter we're writing on the arts, is it? It's a bit of a scratch. We've been kept waiting for an hour on hold on a phone call to a government department and there's that stupid music playing over and over again. We're sick of it. Somebody cuts us off in heavy traffic and causes us to break and we're angry and hit the horn and let them know and glare at them as we pass them at the next set of lights. Things like that. The letter we're writing on their hearts is really like a scratch across the paintwork of their lives. Sometimes our letter is a scrawl. It's, it's hard to read. I got a letter from a specialist for a CT scan a few weeks ago and I was nosy wanting to know what he wanted to know from the CT, what they were going to find there, but I couldn't read it. It was such a, a scrawl, it was almost indecipherable. But the people at the CT could read it all right. And sometimes what we write on the lives of other people, as we go as a letter from Jesus Christ, is a bit of a scrawl. And it's almost impossible for other people to read it and to read Christ in it. In one of the classes I used to teach, I used a quote that describes us as love letters from God, bringing the world to shalom, to peace and to wholeness. It's easy to say of some of these casual encounters with people, bus drivers, shopkeepers, tradespeople and the rest, it doesn't matter really, we'll never see them again. But we've left something behind. Easy to say they represent a corporation, not an individual. And a corporation doesn't have a soul, so... But I know as I look back, I remember with shame times when the way in which I wrote on someone else's heart was not as it ought to have been as a representative of Jesus Christ. In the darkness, sometimes of a sleepless night, I have replays of the times of scrawled a hasty and ill-thought-out or ignorant or careless letter on the heart of somebody else. And I wish I could go back. And I wish I could 
remake, fix up what I said and what I did. But I can't. I know I'm forgiven by God, but sometimes those memories come back. And sometimes, you know, we get it right. At Kerry at one stage, we had a new principal. And he was still getting to know us. And he, he, was, he was a bit wary of us. Wondered if we were sort of way out wild liberals or something like that. As they often think about Kerry, which is just a myth. And he was wondering about our qualifications for teaching our particular subjects. And one of the subjects I taught at that time was evangelism. So one morning I was going from my study across an open foyer across to the reception desk. And the principal there had a visitor. They were standing talking in the foyer. And he said, oh, Derek, come and meet so-and-so. I can't remember his name now. And the person said instantly, I became a Christian when you were preaching at an Easter camp and Waverley Racecourse. Yes, Lord. Got that one right. So here's the homework. Here's a checklist for this week. Number one, are there people I can write on my heart as I love and serve and care for them? Yes, obviously we care for our family. They're written on our heart. My youngest granddaughter has been ill for two and a half years in a lot of pain. Yes, she's on my heart. The rest of my family's on my heart. But who else do we write into our heart? Who else do we meet that is lonely and, and really would like to be taken into someone else's heart? So let's check this week. Is there another human being that I can write on my heart in the name of Christ. Second thing, remember in fact that we are letters from Christ. Paul said, letters are open for everyone to see. We are an open letter from Jesus Christ written on our heart and it's there for all those round about to see. What is it saying to them about Christ and about the church? What am I writing? Is it the result of my tiredness my frustration, my irritability, my selfishness? Or have I been writing Jesus Christ on their hearts as he has written in my heart through the Spirit? Maybe even today there's somebody here who hasn't yet got that letter of Christ written on your heart. It's worth having. Let me finish with two bits of good news. The first is this, our hearts are capable of carrying many, many people. God made them, God enabled them, God made them big enough and he put our hearts onto love setting from the beginning. And secondly, we've already got a love letter from Christ written on our hearts. We just need to step aside to let others see it. Let's pray. Lord, in your grace, you have written on our hearts in Jesus Christ. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lord. Help us to be responsible with that which we have received and mindful of the others that we meet so that Christ might show through. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for checking out our sermons podcast today. For more information on Ottawa Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ottawabaptist.com.